The unofficial end to summer is here. School has started for most, football season is upon us, and soon the leaves will be changing color. At the DSR Network, we remain as busy as ever with a full slate of podcasts scheduled for the fall. In the coming weeks, we'll be launching two new shows with new hosts, creating even more content for our members. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, bonus content, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of September, you'll receive 20% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code SCHOOL at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code SCHOOL. Thank you for your support. It's September 19th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. And I'm Riley Fessler. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Five Americans who had been imprisoned in Iran and seen as hostages are finally returning to the United States in a controversial swap mediated by Qatar. The release followed the transfer of $6 billion of Iranian funds held in South Korea to banks in Doha. The Americans, including Samak Namazi, Imad Shargi, and Murad Tabaz, had been detained on what the United States called baseless charges for political leverage. In return, five Iranians imprisoned in the United States on sanctions-related charges are also receiving clemency, though not all are expected to return to Iran. The release is seen as a win for both sides, with political implications and concerns about future hostage-taking by Iran remaining. President Joe Biden will address the UN General Assembly to assert that he has restored U.S. global leadership, which he claims was diminished under former President Donald Trump. He will also emphasize the importance of supporting Ukraine's ongoing struggle against the Russian invasion. Biden's message seeks to differentiate his stance from Trump's, raising questions about whether Trump would have aided Ukraine if he were in power. Notably, several world leaders, including British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, French President Emmanuel Macron, Chinese President Xi Jinping, and Vladimir Putin will not be attending the gathering. Biden aims to convince both the international community and U.S. voters that his experienced leadership and support for Ukraine are vital amidst congressional divisions over additional funding for Kyiv. He also plans to discuss climate change and multilateral efforts to assist poorer nations. After his UN speech, Biden will meet with UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres and leaders from Central Asian nations. While China has courted these countries, the meeting is portrayed as part of a positive agenda. Despite the absence of other major UN Security Council members, Biden's presence underscores the importance he places on diplomatic forums. However, he won't attend a special climate summit with U.S. climate envoy John Kerry representing him, and will have discussions with Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu later in the week, including talks with Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky at the White House on Thursday. The United Auto Workers Union and Detroit's big three automakers, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, remain in a standoff after four days of strikes. UAW President Sean Fain emphasized their determination in negotiations 
while distancing the issue from political figures. Despite President Joe Biden's support for the union, the White House is not directly involved in negotiations. The UAW rejected a 21% wage increase and is pushing for a 40% pay raise to align with CEO compensation alongside demands for a shorter work week and improved benefits. The strike has impacted production, leading Ford and General Motors to warn of potential job cuts, and the UAW threatens to expand the strike to more plants if progress remains slow. In other news, the EU's investigation into Chinese electric vehicle imports has highlighted a deep divide in Europe's industrial strategy. It raises questions about whether France's focus on Gallic autonomie stratégique or Germany's emphasis on trade surpluses is the right approach. China's superior speed and effectiveness in promoting electric vehicles through subsidies and infrastructure investment have left Europe trailing. The investigation could potentially harm Germany's export-led economy, particularly its car manufacturers with significant exposure to China. While France denies targeting German rivals, the risk of Chinese retaliation remains, but it may not address Europe's broader challenges, such as a high energy costs and bureaucracy. The investigation's outcome will carry significant political and business implications as electric vehicles become increasingly vital in the global automotive industry. India expelled a Canadian diplomat in response to Canadian officials accusing Indian government operatives of assassinating a Sikh separatist leader in British Columbia and subsequently expelling an Indian diplomat identified as an intelligence officer. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's allegation of assassination strained relations between the two countries and raised concerns about broader implications for ties between the United States-led alliance and India, which the Biden administration had been courting as a strategic counterweight to China. India rejected Trudeau's accusation as absurd and motivated and pointed to the presence of Khalistani terrorists and extremists in Canada. The expelled Canadian diplomat was reportedly the Canadian intelligence station chief in New Delhi. The controversy arises amid renewed Sikh separatism concerns, with some speculation about state involvement in related deaths. Hundreds of people in the eastern Libyan city of Derna staged a protest demanding accountability and venting their anger against authorities one week after a devastating flood killed thousands of residents and destroyed entire neighborhoods. The demonstrators targeted officials, including the head of the eastern-based Libyan parliament, Aguila Saleh, and later set fire to the former Derna mayor's house. The protest, the first since the catastrophic flood, called for an investigation into the dam collapse responsible for the disaster and international supervision for reconstruction. The death toll remains uncertain, with varying reports, but the World Health Organization has confirmed 3,922 deaths. Derna, situated in eastern Libya under the control of military commander Khalifa Haftar's forces, operates parallel to the internationally recognized administration in Tripoli in the West. In lighter news, Nationwide, the insurance firm, has revealed the finalists for its 2023 Hambone Award, an annual recognition for the quirkiest pet insurance claims. The award, named after a dog that devoured a whole ham inside a fridge, spotlights unusual pet predicaments and invites public voting for the oddest among them. 
This year's contenders include Giles, a cat from New York trapped in a foldable couch, Josie, a Californian dog colliding with metal bleachers while chasing a ball, and Sonny, a Labrador who relocated his crate five feet to feast on three phone charger cords. Remarkably, all 12 finalists made full recoveries from their injuries. The victor will receive the Hambone Award, a gift card, and a donation to a pet charity chosen by their owner, with prizes and charity donations for the runners-up. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.